it is the follow-up right here on my Instagram at the real six five. And this is a part two of my podcast. I like to do this visual one because you know, of course, with COVID, the pandemic, we can't maneuver the way we normally used to. But um, we back and I'm waiting on Brandon Pope. He had an amazing episode. This episode was called Persevere. If you have not heard his podcast episode, you definitely got to check it out. They're all good. I'm, I'm very, very biased because they're all incredible. But if you've not checked it out, please definitely check that out. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast. Wherever you're listening, it's definitely on there. So um, my link is in the bio. You can definitely check What Do I Do Now on all platforms. And uh, we're going to get this thing started. Pope, what's good, boy? What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, we're good. It's Saturday. First off, you know, college football, I got to get your predictions out of the way so we, so we can really talk business. So are we, <laughs> do we have this? I'm sorry, the big question right now. Do you have Georgia or Bama today? Yeah, man, I've been wrestling with it. I think Georgia wins, finally. Gets the monkey off their back. That defense is something serious. And uh, I think Bama's had a lot of questions this week with Nick Saban. He'll be back on the sidelines or mm-hmm. at least back in a coaching capacity. But still, the back and forth over will he or won't he. Uh, and I, don't, I just think Bama can't handle that defense. So we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I got Georgia. Okay. I, I'm glad to hear that because normally we're on opposite sides of the, of the spectrum when it comes to that. You, yeah. You've been critical of the Bulldogs in the past, but I'm glad to see that you, I have. You, you're a little woke right now. I appreciate it. I am. I think Georgia is definitely talented. I think if they don't do it now, when are they? Because, I mean, this is the peak time to beat Bama. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm also – I just really can't stand Alabama. I need somebody outside, you know, just Alabama to be competitive. That's why I was happy for LSU last year, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate so, the SEC overall, but, you know. I I'm going to need you to re- – like, hey, y'all are just now playing. So the Big Ten, <laughs> hey, I, I grew up in the country, but I'm like, hey, calm down. Y'all late to the party. Hey, we're about to dominate the party. Get ready. <laughs> okay. 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 So <laughs> I, I, I see you. OH, I get it. I know. I already know. But – um, looking at uh, the episode and really to follow up with our conversation, what is one thing that you probably like if you weren't in TV and you still want to say in the communications aspect, what would you have done? Like at Ball State, if TV was just like it didn't work out, the adversity got to me, what would you have switched to? That's a great question, man. I, marketing or PR or something. Uh, I, I love sports. You know, we just talked football, so like. There was an SID position out there, mm-hmm. sports information director. Um, I'd just try to work my way through that maybe, like sports administration. Um, and maybe one day try to work toward the long goal of being a GM or something. But uh, that's probably would be what I would try to pursue aggressively if I wasn't doing TV. But I love TV, man. It's You know, we, we talked about it. It definitely came up. I mm-hmm. thought maybe I should do something else when I wasn't getting the job. I was like, man, this, maybe I'm just bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Like it's just like when you know, you know. And for me, it was absolutely radio. So once I like really latched onto it at Ball State, you know, I just ran with it. And you know, we've been very, very fortunate and very successful in both of our careers thus far. So you know, I I always stay looking at what you're doing. I stay plugged in. And um, if you don't follow B Pope TV on all your socials, you're definitely you're doing your timeline a disservice. So definitely make sure you follow them. Um, but going into a political a- avenue, and I'm not going towards sides, but 
I want to really kind of go into the moderators because that's really been a hotbed topic for most of the debates. So you have some moderators that were just like kind of, it's going to happen. Well, excuse me. Well, pardon me. And then you have Savannah Guthrie this past week that was just like, and no, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a town hall, but she's like, I'm going to get these questions off and then I'm going to let y'all talk. Mm -hmm. So um, in a perfect world, what is your moderating style? How would you handle those situations? You know, the moderating playbook gets thrown out the window when it comes to uh, President Trump. That's that's the problem. It's like, yeah, there's no real good way to, or easy way to do it. And uh, this dude is going to power through his style, which is actually I mean, it's a good strategy. He's going to berate you. He's going to keep talking and keep talking, whether it's right or wrong. He's going to just keep pounding you. It's like, uh, you know, you fight him in the ring, and it's just a, a barrage of just, he's just going to keep on going. Yeah. And you can put up your arms and all that, try to protect your head. <laughs> you could try to counterpunch, but if you ain't skilled at it, right. Really skilled, and it's hard to just, it's hard to get in there. So if you can, that is the way to take down Trump. And it doesn't have to be aggressive or really complicated questions, it can be as simple as why? How? Where did you see that? Where did you get, like, it doesn't have to be anything super deep, right? Just, he gets tripped up on the basics. Um, and uh, he has, then has to rewind, do his logical, try to, you know, explain it, then he digs it a little bit of a hole, and you're like, okay, see, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I think that's what, that's what the people that have interviewed Trump or moderated anything, that's where they've done the best, is they've, like, they don't just let him go. They get in there when they can. Right. There are going to be some things that you have to let go. You can't make it an entire thing of you just like battling him. Right. You don't want to come off as you're like, you're the debater. You don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. But you also have to get some stuff answered. So I think Savannah, she did a great job of balancing that. Like early on, you're right, that first 10 minutes, she came at him, right? Had to. Had to. And she pushed back, you know, and I, I appreciated that. There were some things throughout when they, she was moderating and, you know, she would jump in. There would be times she didn't jump in. Or she'd follow up. He would say something that's totally wrong. A lot of things. Yes. But because of time, she just had to be like, you know, I got to move on. You got to pick your battles. Because he's going to give you a lot of them. And you can't turn every single one into, you can't fight him on everything. It sucks. But that's just the way it is. All right. So working in the media avenue, we both in that lane and having a kind of a question mark put on our, you know, credibility and things of that nature. And, oh, we're skewing this and we're skewing that. How do you maneuver through that? Or do you clap back when people are coming at you? Like, how, how are you, like, right now, especially in reporting some of the things, um, how, do you, how do you handle that? Yeah, it's a good question, man. I think a lot of it is uh, I understand why they are frustrated and I understand why people don't trust um, – don't trust journalists or the news media. And I understand why the media is lumped together and people, I understand why it's done mm -hmm. and I get it. Um, because I think journalism does do a bad job sometimes. I think under Trump, we see lots of mistakes from the news media. So the way I love it with people is I, I tell them I get it, you know, but I also try to, you know, explain where I'm coming from I have the privilege of, you know, I upset the left and the right sometimes, right? Like, I don't know if you saw the other day on my Twitter, I said something about Nancy Pelosi. 
and a bunch of a bunch of people considered Democrats, I assume, were just dragging me, bro, dragging me, <laughs> dragging me, saying I was, you know, a shill for the president, and you know, all kinds of stuff. I'm like, damn, that this it's a it's a simple thing holding people accountable, but yeah. not everybody's going to be happy with you. So uh, part of that is being okay, not being liked. I'm f- I'm fine. If you don't like me, only people I care about liking me are friends and family, honestly. Um, but you got to respect me. That's that's all I really care about is the respect. Um, and if you don't even respect me, that's cool. Uh, some people you don't need to earn. You, there, it doesn't mean no um, service to try to earn their respect. I have nothing to prove to them. Mm-hmm. Just, you have to just, you know, it's the same thing. Pick your fights. Pick what is going to be on your mental. Um, but we as journalists... The news and media overall do have to do a better job, 100%, on so many things. All right, so what's the worst, like, I guess, faux pas you've had to clean up? Like, it may have not have been your fault, but it's got attributed to you or your station. Truthfully, something happened yesterday where we just said on air that there was someone that wasn't able to show up. Um, to for, they, they were offered to us as a guest. The guest window was from 2 to 4. They didn't show up. The following day, yesterday on the radio, we were like, well, they didn't show up. That's what happened. And they were supposed to clean up, you know, the ice cube situation. So apparently, and we got the email thread now, and to this day, I'm, it's just funny. So the thing is, it came from the person's wife's best friend at the Chick-fil-A parking lot listening to us on the radio. And I'm sitting here like, so by no means did you get something, someone that was listening at the radio, not to the radio. Oh, they bashing you to say like we didn't do that. We said the facts, and we're like we got to book the interview with them now. And that's all well and good, but it's like we're trying to clean up something that necessarily didn't happen. We didn't go in. It's just like if you don't show up, we're going. We got people like so. What happened? And has there been a situation been like that for you? Yeah, I don't really think so. Um, oh, the luxuries. <laughs> <laughs> not that I can think of off the bat. I think uh, not to, nothing that would have really, not where I felt stung by somebody, you know? I, I don't know. That's a tough one. I have to think on that one. Yeah, it's just, it's a uh, slippery slope trying to get in and out of because you got to protect your credibility. And, like, you can't promote someone. Like, if you put it in a promo and it's like, oh, you got the whole TV, this, that, and the other. And then they just like not show up. You got an audience like, I tune in for this. Where is it at? I mean, that's happened. That's happened a lot. In addition for live morning TV, people aren't going to show up, but you promote it. That happens to us uh, now and again. And I can, you know, I lose a little bit of respect for those people that don't show up or, you know, but, you know, things happen as well. It's really early. So I can't get too upset. We had a, we had a big one all-star weekend. I, I probably won't say too much. Uh, but we had a big, big one all-star weekend that we were planning on having them all throughout the show. And they were out uh, partying the night before and had just gotten into from partying at like four o'clock in the morning or so. Uh-huh. And I mean, they needed to be at the station at like five thirty, maybe. And they didn't make it to the station at all. Dang. <laughs> so but that's real. That's real life. Like, especially like that. And in media, sometimes, you know, like you're in the Midwest, I'm in the South, I'm an hour ahead of you right now. And, you know, you got people that are out on the West Coast that are doing like either call-ins or this, that, and the other. Like you trying to wake people up or get their, you know, agent to get them on the phone. Like that's a part that a lot of people don't know and just seem like, 
oh, they just popped up in there. Like, it takes work. You got to book these guests, got to hopefully get it together. And, you know, it's, it's um, not the easiest thing to do. Not at all. No, not at all. It's, uh, it's challenging for sure. It takes uh, a lot of patience, you know? All right. So one of my last questions, your best interview in the past two to three years. Oh, man. I don't want to do all time because, I mean, I think everyone has, has a goat list. But like, let's limit down the last two to three years. Let's talk. That's two to three years. Um, Janelle this, year's been, this, this year's been like two to three years by itself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Janelle Monet for sure. Janelle Monet is uh, she walks the walk. I like when I like when you meet celebrities and they're exactly how you hope they would be and more. Yeah. And Janelle Monet was great. I was the only black media person there at the this red carpet event. And she made it a point to see me and talk to me and affirm me. You know, she's like, of course, we'll talk to the brother over here. You know, we got to got to support. And we she gave me, uh, you know, I, I think her PR people were trying to wrap her quick. And she gave me all the time I needed, which I really appreciated. And then she invited me to the dinner that she was hosting uh, at that event. So that was that was the coolest because it just I love Janelle Monet. She's great. So that's probably a highlight from the past two or three years. And then Tamron Hall. Tamron Hall was awesome. I love Tamron. She is a legit, kind human being and uh, just fun to kick it with. And that's what we did. We kicked it. The interview was just us kicking it um, and going deep about her life. And uh, it was cool because, like, I didn't know she knew who I was. Like, she came in and was like, Brandon Pope. Oh, my gosh. You know, because we follow each other on Twitter, but I, you know, I, I thought she just followed people on Twitter. She's like, "Oh, it's great to meet you in person. I love your tweets." I'm like, nice. What? Wait, <laughs> wait. Wait. I came here thinking we got that. Like, I have to introduce myself now. She already, <laughs> <laughs> she already had the book uh, on me and everything. So you know, that was yeah. that was cool, and it made the vibe great. And she was, uh, you know, it's like I got a. It was easy. Fast friends. We became fast friends from that. Good. So I think that was a. Fun interview for sure. But yeah, those are the, the big ones, man. And then I, during this work from home stuff, like I've been, you know, doing interviews and stuff. And I had a great one this past week with Sonequa Martin-Green, okay. who was the uh, first black woman lead of a Star Trek series. Um, and she got emotional because I was telling her, like, you, you are black history. And I guess she had never heard it like that before. Um, so it's a joy to be able to share those moments with people, to see their, to celebrate their wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a big part of, like, interviewing is, like, you're celebrating with them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got Lorenz think... Tate coming up. I gotta, we're going to celebrate with him, his win. Yes, absolutely. Lorenz Tate, um, shout out to him, because we actually had a phone with him uh, when mm. he had his Uncensored on. And this is when it's still summertime here in Atlanta, so it's a Friday. I came in with my nice little situation, my tank top, my diamond supply tank top. I'm living good. And they're both referencing it, and like he can see me or whatnot. He's like, "Look at my producer with this, like it's acting like it's ninety degrees." That's how I'm like, first off, it is. But uh, Lawrence Tate's <laughs> a funny guy, real good, real good situation. But before we wrap this up, I gotta, I gotta ask you this because I know how hard you ride for him. So, LeBron has won his fourth championship, fourth Finals MVP. Where does that put him um, in the goat conversation? Is that the the side, Like, does that get a lot of the critics off his back, or what? Like, does it just only like? I think, certain things. I think it should get critics off his back, but I think that uh, the way things work with LeBron, people are always going to find something to criticize. 
the dude can score 40 points with a triple-double, and they'll still find a way to say he didn't do enough or that he, he didn't contribute enough or he wasn't clutch. Uh, the dude can consistently give you a 20. Here, here's, the best, here's the best example of, like, the, the double standard LeBron has held to. Yeah, yeah. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and that game seven loss, blue 3-1 lead, which LeBron's never done. Uh, they want to combine their score, scoring combined was 24, 9, I think, I'm sorry, 29, 5, and 8. Mm-hmm. That was their combined triple double. It wasn't even triple double, it was a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that was their combined. Yeah. LeBron and people, I mean, people obviously critique them, but I don't hear people like going in on Kawhi saying he's not clutch, saying this and that. When literally he melted down, <laughs> that was a meltdown of epic proportions. There's no other way to, to package that because that's but, exactly what it was. But LeBron James can literally put up a 25 triple-double or near that, same exact stat line, and they'll be like, oh, he didn't do enough. And it's like, this dude did combined, did, did by himself what they did combined or more in a, in a game seven. Um, and I think I, I just think people lack context, awareness, and feelings get involved. Obviously, I have feelings about LeBron James. People who are from Chicago or who grew up around the '90s have feelings about Michael Jordan. Nostalgia plays heavy, but I think if people were honest with themselves, and this is why they get so pressed about it, they're honest with themselves. And you took clones of Michael Jordan, clones of LeBron James, and had those teams play a seven-game series. LeBron James's team is going to win every time because he can do more things. He is the most talented basketball player to ever touch a court. I think most would agree with that. I think where people get upset is the GOAT argument. They equate it to the six rings, and they lack context when we talk about what it takes to win a ring. Michael wasn't scoring all those points. Come on now. I'm just, and we got to throw this out here. Mike got put out the first round a few times. LeBron he sure James did. has not lost a first-round series. Ever. He's been close. He's been pushed, but absolutely just – he finds a way to win. That's, we are so yeah. used to LeBron being good <laughs> that we hold it against him. And that's the honest to God truth. And the, even he's in he every a, finals. Every, every finals. finals he's, he's only missed the one the season he was injured first season in L.A. He would have went right. there with that team. Like, he's, he's had a, a body of work that's just like success. That's all you know. The Raptors couldn't win an NBA championship until LeBron left the East. Think about how he terrorized the Raptors. Bruh. Terrorized them. They were the one seed the year before. Yes. And he swept them. <laughs> Brooms are always available at the James household. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't matter who you set up against them. And I think what Jimmy Butler went through, which is I, yeah. I can't ever knock the heat for what they did because they absolutely ran through the bubble um, just strong Great the whole way. Great run. But when Jimmy had that 40-point triple-double and you seen him super, super gassed, like, that was LeBron James, like, I think during the, the Spurs series. Like, this early LeBron James. This is a different beast now. And he can do that every night. He's, you know, it's, we didn't appreciate it enough then. And we hold, like, oh, he's been swept here in the first year of the Heat. And the Mavs got him. This, that. Like, we hold those small losses, which, unfortunately, those are talented teams. You had a Hall of Famers on the Spurs. You uh-huh. had a Hall of Famer in Dirk. And that squad, a defensive team at that point, uh-huh. We hold a lot of those L's against, and his loss are against like top five potential NBA historic teams. teams. Historic teams. It's not fair. Kevin Durant, 
and uh, Seth Cheat codes. Cheat codes. That's like, what of course, he's going to win. He's going to lose those finals. That's where I get upset. People hold those finals against him, where it's like he came into those with the team that was definitely the lesser team. Like, hands down. <laughs> my uncle was at every position but forward. Like, it was just like. And he's had, to, he's had to counteract, you know, the J.R. Smith situation. I'm like, bro, oh. play the most perfect game one game of all time. And the, <laughs> the dribble out made no sense. He's like, nah. like, it's. You, now, the you, argument people use against LeBron is that they feel like he did not handle himself well in spite of that. But I think to myself, damn, you know, like, Michael Jordan would have punched J.R. Smith in the face in the next Done. Practice. Done. <laughs> Michael Jordan's abuse gets a, like a super pass for whatever reason, but LeBron makes his teammates better. We're just gonna leave it at that, right? And right. make sure, hey, Jr. will let you get this next ring. So I mean, you know, Jr. got his ring for sure. He was shirtless at the ceremony, first to touch the trophy. Didn't yes. play a minute. Didn't play a minute. Living his best <laughs> life, shirtless Jr. for president, twenty twenty. That's my vote. Not really. Anyway, um, this has been the, the follow-up. Brandon Pope, again, thank you for, you know, popping up on me, making this happen. Get the people the information where they can watch you on Chicago um, mornings with a jam. Give them all that info. Yeah, but you can follow me at B Pope TV um, on the jam. We're weekdays, uh, 6 p.m. evenings now on WCIU and CW26 in Chicago. But you can see all my posts, my clips, and interviews and stuff at B Pope TV. Appreciate you giving, you know, spending this Saturday afternoon. We're gonna get to this college football. Um, go dogs, and I'll highlight you soon, bro. Thanks. All right, man. Catch you later. Peace.